everybody. Happy holidays and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We are recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. Our speaker this week is Steve, and he talked about the role of therapy in his recovery. Please enjoy. Can you give me five and one? So today's tool, um, just want to first say I'm Steve, adult child, and um, I'm not a tool, even though I'm in a toolbox. I don't think I'm with any tools either. So, um, but um, so I want to speak about therapy um, as a tool with a qualified therapist, um, and um, how that's helped me in my journey in ACA. Um, so reading um, page eight, 181 out of the red book, a word of caution. Um, and I uh, just wanna preface by saying that um, um, reaching out for help, um, like with, with tools, um, like a tool bag, say you have a tool bag. For me, reaching out for help is like asking for more tools and not reaching out for help is like staying with the tools that I have and maybe the futility. And so like I equate like opening up and asking for help is like asking for more tools to be able to do more work. Um, so PT, um, a word of caution, PTSD work coupled with ACA meetings and quality counseling can produce powerful clarity and healing for adult children. Yet we offer a word of caution. Not all actions or thoughts you had as a child have a deeper meaning. Some do and some do not. Our parents were only human and they made mistakes. A harsh comment or being left for the afternoon with a babysitter does not equal PTSD or abuse. An occasional swatting on the behind without malice is not always abuse. A parent threatening to leave you at the grocery store to scare you into leaving with them when they have finished shopping may not be traumatic. However, at the same time, one vicious whipping or battering can be stored in your body and memory for decades. Certainly incest, rape, and inappropriate touching are trauma by their very nature. Also, a parent who chronically left you in daycare with or with relatives without returning home for days begins to venture into neglect. From this scenario, you can have cumulative abandonment or a PTSD memory as a child. These memories can produce stress chemicals in brain pathways that underline the formation of stored trauma known as PTSD. The difference between neglect or abuse, which can produce stored trauma and a parent being human is usually a matter of degree and longitude. When a parent misses enough birthdays, curses loudly and hotly long enough, and constantly blames the child for normal needs, then you have an area to review. Okay, um, I'll stop there. Um, so, 
um, growing up in my um, fighting family, parents fought all the time. Um, different kind of cultures that they came from, so they just couldn't agree, and neither of them backed down. Very, very okay people, usually when they're by themselves, but they're from adult children backgrounds. So that was helpful to do the family history in step one to see like the um, character defects like within the whole family. So that helped me realize that it's a pattern and that my parents were um, victims in a way, but um, they victimized me. Um, and I learned recently, um, so one ways that they, um, they um, perpetrated the abuse and neglect was um, they didn't ask for help. Um, and I don't think that they had an opportunity to. So I'm very grateful that I have. But some of the things that they did to me was to gaslight me. Um, they would um, um, just, my mom would have a frustrating day at work, like all, like everyone has. And um, she had all these frustrations through her whole life. And like, it's just when's the never ending frustration circle. And like this little boy's in front of her, like acting like a little boy. And she just will say like, you little boy, you know, you little rat or whatever. And, and put me down just to shut me up. And I didn't realize that my mom needed help. You know, my mom, and I'm learning now from my therapist, I go to my therapist and, and we've done EMDR therapy. So we go through these strains of pain and we go through them and, and talk about them and feel them. And I'm learning that as a little boy, I wanted to fix my mom because I loved her, but she didn't want me to, you know, she rejected that, you know, for whatever reason. I haven't gotten that far, um, and I don't know if I, if I will, but so my purpose was to try to help my mom because she was suffering, and I was incapable, and um, she rejected it. And um, also, I was the scapegoat in my family, so in a war zone, I was like the, the loser of it all. <laughs> You know, I took more grenades than anybody else. And so um, I guess I relied on my false self a lot. Like I needed that false self outside the home to get, I had to get something out of life. And so my thing was, I want attention from probably girls. Um, but like I started grade school, it's crazy. Like in third grade, we had three of us boys and, and 26 girls. So I got like so much attention and I was like, yes, <laughs> I was like, this is life. This is going to be life. There's going to be all these girls around and, and that's going to be life. Yes. And then high school, I go to like an all boys Catholic school and I got no attention uh, unless I, you know, broke a chalkboard or, or bullied somebody or whatever. But, um, Sorry, that's uh, not nice to do. Um, I was bullied by my dad um, some ways. And it was tough because he was nice to me sometimes. But then other times, um, 
he had a lot of pain. He was emotionless. Um, so I thought that's what a man is, like somebody that doesn't cry or show emotion. So um, now um, with therapy, um, so yeah, so my mom had a lot of restrictions. Her family was very severely uh, problematic. Um, and um, so what I'm gonna talk about with um, my false self, um, my false self, like um, when my father died suddenly at 19, my false self took a real big hit because I was like a class clown and a attention hound and like, I had, you need energy for that. And like, when my dad died, I got depression. I like lost all my energy. Mm-hmm. And so then it's, it's like the Titanic, you know? And, and, um, and I really didn't have much else. Like my family, like we don't, we didn't have many interests. Like we were like interested in vices basically, like to, cause all, there was all this pain. So we're looking to get rid of the pain. So I figured, cover it up. So I thought that's what life is like. So if I took a drug or a drink, I'm like, yeah, this is life. This is, this is good life here. You know, the pain's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like the next morning, it's like, who am I going to beat up or whatever, you know, like, who am I going to insult or insult myself? Um, but therapy um, helped me be around, started to be around good people. Um, at least in like their functionality, my therapist, her and I would look at each other and I didn't have a, a mother that would sit in front of me. So like I, you know, I just envisioned her putting me in the crib and letting me cry and throwing me cookies like every half an hour, like, you know, like you're going to be okay, you know? And so, um, but it was good, like paradoxically, because like my parents didn't influence me that greatly. So like now I'm a blank slate, a blank canvas, so I can be whoever I want to be. So I'm really thankful for that because a lot, some of my friends are very influenced by their folks, and, um, which is good in some ways. But some ways, you know, and my therapist told me that, Steve, your emotional pain and your dwarfed emotionalism, now, now you're building it up, that gives you an advantage over or the, regu- the average person because they develop their emotional intelligence at a young age, and it's just kind of thrust upon them. And now that... I'm integrating it myself and developing it and, and understanding it at a more mature level. So he says that gives you a, 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 an advantage. Um, thanks. Um, so my therapist, I've had three therapists in the last five years. My first therapist, all we did was talk, blah, 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 back and forth. And my friends were like, you're just talking. And, but that's what I needed. You know, that's what I needed a therapist just to sit in front of and, and learn about healthy dialogue. Cause I'm used to hanging out with alcoholic weasels. Like that's just who, who I was, who we, I was destined to be like. And so like to learn about better things, I have to be around better people. And it's so uncomfortable to have to like be a non weasel, like in, you know, like try to do out of my comfort zone. So, um, but the therapy like helped me, um, open up also, um, I realized like through therapy and talking about things and journaling that um, good things have been happening to me my whole life. I just didn't like see it. Like I didn't accept it and just was in my little thing. So that's a good thing to know. Like, wait, there's always good things going on. You just didn't see it. And so like I equate that to the higher power 
I equate that to like love, that the essence of life in the middle of it, there is love there and you just have to find it and seek it. And then um, also um, being around people that are healthy, it's, it's scary for me, but it's, it's like that's where I'm finding those connections are enriching me. But the people that are stuck in cycles of dysfunction, those folks drag me down, I notice. And like they're good folks too. Like they're, they're the people that are in the dysfunction, they're very good folks, but they're just, um, they're not open to, to the goodness. And so like um, um, also, um, so I think also with therapy, um, I was shaking in my, um, I have like a lot of anxiety and PTSD and I was shaking in my therapist's office the other day with that therapy EMDR. And he was like, are you okay? I was like, yes, let's get rid of this, you know, nasty stuff underneath. And he's like, okay. And he's like pushing the buzzer on me and, and like, you know, shaking. And like, it was just, um, pain to me now is not a bad thing because before pain was bad, I had to try to get rid of it and do this now. I'm getting stronger through it. Like, and, and um, I gave up cigarettes like months and months ago. That was always my, my kind of my nemesis. Like, cause I would just chain smoke all day and just forget about life. And like, um, if I was having a tough time, um, but I just, one day I just quit and I was like, and I felt it and I was going through like the end of a codependent relationship. And I was just like in so much pain. I was looking out the window at the store, like to go get cigarettes. And I'm just like, no, I'm not gonna do it tonight. And it was a first, and then I was like shaking. And then the next morning I woke up and I felt good. And like, I was like, wow, I just won. I beat the monster for the first time in my life. And I put on my championship wrestling belt or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I won, you know? And like, that was the first time I never ran to something, ran to somebody or something. And I was like, so that, that's what it feels like, empowerment. And I mean, like a few hours later, I probably went and got cigarettes, but like, at least I have that victory. You know, I did, I did it that time. Um, and um, then there was another therapist that um, she taught me about my body, the stored, um, the stored trauma in my body. And I didn't realize that I was just so uptight because of trauma. And like, you know, I used to get so like jealous of people that were loose, like that were like relaxed. And now I'm seeing, it's not because I'm a, I'm a weirdo necessarily. But it's like, it's that, um, it's that there's history to it and it goes down generations, thanks. Yeah, and I, I talked to, I had a deep conversation with my mom. My mom is, is, can be the meanest narcissist and like for the, for, because of this program, I'm able to have co loving conversations with her and like take her abuse or like redirect it and give her love. It's the first time in her life she's ever had anybody give her love, like true love and it's changing her. And that's the monster who would attack me and break all my sports trophies when I would eat her last potato chip or whatever. And, and so now I'm loving this woman and she, she's giving me love and it's like, it, it's really amazing. But without, if I couldn't take pain, I couldn't do it because I have to face this pain because otherwise I just want to like leave her, run away from her. But there's also been a lot of help from a higher power. I went to him in my, uh, or her or whoever, in, in my darkest times, and this was even before the program, 
and she or he showed up for me in big ways. So, um, but this program is very special, and um, thank you very much. Thank you.